<laughs> Welcome to a Halloween edition of Comic Book Nation. Oh my god, that's the mask you chose? Oh that my is god. the mask I chose. Uh, for those listening, you should have told me. I would have been ready with some Kofi Loki is, horns. is wearing a mask where you can't see his face, but it's kind of like it's hooded. Gotta explain this for the people who listen. Oh, Jim. Uh, Jim. You kind of look like Kim Kardashian Jim. at the Met Gala. Jim. <laughs> oh, the mask is what I wear the rest of the year. This Brother, is my there it is. <laughs> Welcome to Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. <laughs> I am your host, the man in the mask. And with me today, I have the ace team of Matt Aguilar. What up? Janelle Wheeler. Hey, everybody. And producer extraordinaire of our entire comicbook.com podcast universe, Mr. Jim Viscardi is back with hello, us. Hello, hello, hello. And as you can see, I'm getting into the spirit. It is Halloween, so we're going dark today. And we have to talk about some new horror-themed films that are going to be coming your way. Plus, we have a divisive debate about Marvel's Eternals. We got to get to some Halloween nice. comics. Nominous. But first... Matt, we have a special guest. Would you like to do some introductions? We do. Uh, in the spirit of Halloween, we're going to talk some Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. Yes. We're going to talk about it with the director, Johannes Roberts. Thank you. <laughs> this so show much is for already so full of surprises. Really hey is. guys. Do you like my welcome to the? I, wanna, I just wished it, it, it. That's the way it went. Raccoon <laughs> City <laughs> <laughs> would have been amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure Sony would have gone with that. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for joining the show. Uh, it is no. No one is surprised by this. I am pumped uh, for for the Resident Evil movie. Um, and just to kind of get started, you know, I know uh, the film combines the stories from the original game and Resident Evil Two. Mm -hmm. Why did you want to put kind of both of those into one through line story? And what was the most challenging part of kind of meshing them? Oy, uh, there, there's a lot of challenging <laughs> parts to that movie. Um, yeah, it was. Do you know what? We, when we we looked at rebooting, I, I sort of came onto the project, and everybody knew we were going to sort of start the thing again, and it, just nobody knew how or what quite what to do, and um, and it was just this idea of like, look, you have this amazing. Uh, franchise that um the, you know like that is based on this this amazing game that, that has never really been exploited at all like the the whole previous franchise has never really sort of touched touched uh uh the actual game um and it was it was just the the idea of going back to to both the mansion and the police station um and when i pitched that it, it it just it just seemed like the right idea and then it was like okay how can we combine this i'm a huge john carpenter fan so i wanted to do it in all kind of one night kind of assault and precinct 13 style so it, that it, but it was a very tricky thing to try and combine the narratives keep faithful to the game whilst making it its own thing but um uh yeah it's super it's super cool to, to to have those like two like iconic locations you know the the two great you have the police station the mansion and the, all the different characters coming into town and stuff so it's, it's very cool you touched on the thing i was going to ask as my follow-up uh i think there are a lot of fans who know that this film franchise was one of the big action horror franchises of the 2000s 
but it was such a departure for the game yeah. from the game. So yeah. what can you just tell us about how your take on the franchise may kind of not correct, but take a different approach and maybe appease some of those fans who maybe want to see. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing was, is, is times have changed. I think um, when, when the, the first film franchise came out, um, adapting a, a computer game was, was very much seen as look, people know the name, take, take the IP, take the name, and then that's sort of baked in and then just do whatever you want. Just, just take that name, do, do anything and, and it has some value. And that's over the last um, 20 years, that's really changed. And there's, there's become this real respect for the, uh, for the game. Um, and I think games have just, you know, developed themselves and become so sophisticated as well. Um, but it was, it was this idea, and, and this was this became sort of paramount in when in the way that we pitched it and the way we sort of moved forward was, look, guys, this is let's take this seriously. This is this is like a novel, you know. If you're adapting a novel, you 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 take the source material very very seriously, um, and it was the same with with when we went back to the game, and it was like, look, let's go back, let's let's. Let's tell what excited us when we were kids, when 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 I played this as a, a student, and let's make like a super scary horror, you know. And that's uh, like to be like the horror guy coming on, and, and like let's let's really make something that's terrifying, dark, scary, fits the tone, um, and it and it was just a really exciting thing that just hadn't been done before at all with that with that with the previous franchise. So, um, so I've- a lot of fun. I've got to ask because it's one of the one of my most formative early video game memories is are the moments in in the first Resident Evil game where you're going you're entering a new room and the door and all it is it cuts to that open door <laughs> you literally have no idea what's behind or whatever and like that the sound all of that haunts me to this day and, yeah, and I think yeah. it's that that, that sense of going bills. into no like. I, I would imagine uh, there there have got to be some some uh, nods and stuff to so, like the gameplay. Side. I just need to know: is there going to be creaky door openings into oh, into blackness? Yeah, uh, for for the movie. <laughs> creaky, creaky. The, the the things that I really wanted to do that we we do do uh, is I wanted the creaky door, like open the door. <laughs> who the fuck knows what? But then is also the 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 fucking uh, and I'm a terrible. I, I love games. I'm I'm a sort of uh, newer. I used to watch people play games uh-huh. and then became a gamer. So I'm a really bad gamer, but I love playing them. Um, but this uh, <laughs> the, the, the the what we and we do it in the movie several times is is the head down the corridor and then go and then it's like <laughs> what, where. Where? <laughs> and then back out. So back, oh shit! And then the, the zombies come back, and it's great. Like a, a couple of those things, and then the the sort of the whole weird fixed angle camera stuff yeah. I, I threw in there as well. Oh, that's uh, awesome! And and the, my 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 follow up to that, and it'll be the last one before I let let, let the other guys ask questions. Uh, does the team run out of ink cartridges? 
or ink ribbons. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a spoiler. That may be a spoiler question. And so if it is, that's fine. I just need to know the kind of if they're going to experience the same pain I'm going to experience playing this game. They have to run into the safety room. Yeah, it's. Like, yeah, it was funny. I mean, you the, there's so many little tiny uh-huh. well, there. You know, to almost to the point when I watch it myself, I'm like, oh, there's a typewriter there. A, <laughs> I don't even remember, but like, like, how did that how did that little get there? Um yeah, it, there's loads in the in, in okay, the perfect. Excellent. Thank you. Oh my god! So uh, yeah, well, and actually, actually, it's perfect. Uh, Jen didn't even know this, but it's a perfect segue <laughs> to, to my question because that is one of the things that sticks out uh, in the trailers. Uh, you know, like one of the that first iconic zombie moment with the head turning up. You yeah, know, yeah. those are so those are just etched in memories. Is there one of those moments that you couldn't find a way to get in to the movie that you wanted to, and that just for whatever reason didn't work? Do you know there, there is there's one that is <laughs> I don't I don't want to spoil anything. There's sure. one uh, that's one of my favorite ones, which is the the body sitting up. <laughs> Resident Evil. <laughs> I, had to, I had to put it in in a very. I, I I can't spoil them. I no, no, no. Okay. Uh, no. That is something, that is something in there to look You gave us to. a teaser. Now you, yeah, now yeah. you know. Oh, uh, um, and, and recreated that perfectly. I was very, you know, when, when you're like. <laughs> and, oh, do you know what? I I try to put everything in there. I was, um, I, I was amazed, to be honest, at some of the stuff, which, I mean, at the moment is, is like in the trailer, you have all the itchy, tasty stuff sort of. Yeah. You know, I was amazed that we got that that kind of stuff in there. Like, I was waiting for someone to go, like, what, what, why, why is she, what, what, <laughs> what, what is that? That's too far out of my set. Oh, get off! <laughs> yeah, type, play on the typewriter. Oh uh, my god, that's amazing. Yeah. Did you know? Yes. Yeah, yeah, a lot. I used a lot, so yeah. So what you're saying is lots of things that we need to focus on, like Easter eggs to find and like moments of, I don't know, excitement for longtime fans. So I guess the next question with that is, do do you think you pulled more from the original games or the remakes? Um, And which one do you prefer? I do you know what I was and actually this this possibly the 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 one thing that I wanted to. (laughs) <laughs> put in and I didn't I just couldn't find a way to put in was Mr. X. And I there is a nod. There is a nod and I you, it's tricky to see <laughs> it's tricky to see in the shot. And I was like, ah just use that shot like that. It doesn't work in the movie. And I was like, oh, okay, with well, the, the movie you, you have to actually you know tell a proper movie rather than just use the shots that you want. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, but I um it i think its core comes from the nerdiness of of growing up on those original games for sure like it was such a big it's funny i was speaking about this um um with with someone and just saying how like i'm i'm just the biggest horror nerd and the games when when the games came out i wasn't a gamer at all um like uh 
I, I was just totally into to cinema and horror was in such a bad place at the time. Mm. And, and, you know, the carpenters of the world were, were just not cool anymore. And, and then in England, the only movies that were horror movies that you could go out and see were, were like Anaconda. And it was like, you know, <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't get that, that kind of, that was kind of horror for people that didn't like horror in my mind at the time, you know, it was horror for people that didn't like horror. And, and it was just like a really bad time. And then the, 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 the original games came out and gaming suddenly became this whole different thing with the whole PlayStation world and stuff like that. And, and they, the games were like referencing all these kind of uh, movies that, that, that were in my heart. And I was like, Oh wow, this is, this is like, this is stuff like, like I thought nobody liked any of this. I thought I was the uncoolest person and I am the uncoolest person. But it, I was like, oh wow, this is, this is great. And, and, and it was, it really had an impact on me, even though I didn't add up, you know, I, I would, I would watch people. I watched them as like, when we were talking about the doors. I'd be like, holy fuck. They're going I was this. the same way with Doom. I would just watch my cousin play it and I knew everywhere to go and I knew what weapons to use, but like I didn't play it. Yeah. Look, I mean, some, sometimes behind the door, there was nothing. Sometimes behind the door, there was a giant ass zombie waiting to come for you. How long we spent, I spent in the sound department going, yeah, I get it. Like what you've done here is is amazing. Like it's it, like you know it's twenty. It's like this is great. But I want more. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> That's so great. No, no, no. It has to be like. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be in there. But I. Uh, um, so the 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 fabric of the 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 movie it comes from the nerdiness of that. But I, I, Resident Evil Two remake yeah. just changed my like world. Like I then became from that moment on, I became like a full on gamer, a terrible gamer, but <laughs> full on gamer. Uh, and I was like, we were just <clears throat> in the stage. We had by the time that game came out, we had already known we were going to go back to the mansion and the police station and tell the story, combine the two narratives. But then I started playing that game and I was like, oh, this, this tone, this look, this feel, uh, it just blew me away. I was like, the, this, this is like, this is everything that I, I, I want to have in the movie. So w I very much use that. And when you watch the movie, you can see that, uh, the remake of two is kind of baked in is from the, from, from the word go is, is sort of baked into the whole, the whole fabric of it. And, and it does have that tone and the look and, um, and hopefully the gore as well, you know, we managed to push things much further than I, I thought we would be able to. Um, so, so it's a bit of a mixture. Um, it, 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 it has the nerd, but then it has like what I was, you know, currently, I was like, "Oh fuck, this is great! This is pushing boundaries." You know, so we, I tried to take that into it. Love no, it. that's 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 awesome. Um, you know, uh, one of the things that uh, is noticeable, I'm I'm a huge uh, Jill Valentine fan uh, uh, yeah. and a huge and a huge Barry fan. So, yeah, oh, yes. uh, uh, you know, yeah. so this movie takes kind of a, a it seems anyway from the trailers um, that it kind of takes more of a, a look at like the Redfields. 
Um, yeah. What can you kind of tell us about Jill Valentine's role in this movie? And, you know, was there ever a version of the script that you had Barry in there and just like you, you changed yeah. it for Wesker? Yes. Uh, so um, uh, Jill Valentine is, is the, you know, one of the leads in the movie. So it's ensemble. It, it's pure. Um, uh, like I say, it's, it's pure John Carpenter. Um, so it, it, it really is an ensemble movie and, and, uh, yeah, Jill is fucking great in the, in the, in the movie. The, am I, I'm, I'm okay to swear on this. Sorry. I'm English and I do swear a lot. <laughs> it's totally fine. We get it in post. I'm looking down at the faces and I'm like, oh, wait a second. Wait, we're on a kid's show here. Like, I, <laughs> it's a Halloween show. Um, no, no, you're fine. Right. Yeah, they, yeah, they don't allow, not, they don't allow us to call ourselves that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do not. We're like a PG, we're like a Dark Knight PG 13 show. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. we call it, we're okay. hard PG 13, but okay. uh, yeah. I'll try and, yeah. You're perfect with watch my um, language. Um, uh, and so, yeah, she. Um, it, what was really interesting with the the whole Jill Valentine thing and is, is um, was one of the big challenges of, of combining the two games is, you know, gaming is y you, you pick your characters and you live kind of through them and they, they want to be, you're, you're sort of experiencing the world through them and it's all about the world rather than your your character in the way that a movie is and you have to the, the problem became like a, a particularly I mean it is very very apparent in the remakes of two and three game is like you put Claire and Jill together they're very similar you know in in, the, in those those they you know it's just kind of the two same cat and you have to be very careful like that you need to develop one character one way and one character the other that that sometimes maybe in the game that that, that, that it can sort of cross over a little um but with hannah we really explored a i mean she is because she herself is like a a live wire she's she's bonkers like like trying to trying to talk to her is is like you just never quite know she's just a little bit all over the place like this crazy woman and that live wire aspect of her really really um came to life with 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 the the jill valentine in the movie and i think i think people are going to really have fun with her she's very she's funny and but she's like kick-ass uh Awesome. Uh, I, I really, I really, really liked working with her. Bonkers, bonkers woman. Um, uh, and um, yeah, so, so, so that was cool. And then Barry, Barry, there's a good, there's a great nod okay. to the, the Barry world. Um, do you know what? Um, when we, Barry, there were versions of Barry in the script. You know, I have no idea what I'm allowed to say and what I'm not allowed to say. <laughs> uh, let's, for your sake, let's err on the side of caution. When the movie comes out, you come back and we're going to go full spoiler yeah. territory. Yeah, yeah. It'll be yeah. So this, is, this isn't really spoiler territory. Yeah, Barry's not in the movie. Sure. I'm, I'm sorry, right. Barry fans. Uh, but there's, there's, some, there's some funny, there, people get it. But Barry is conscious not in the movie we we had um 
discussions. Uh, Barry Barry's going to have his time. Is all I will say. Like Morning. you don't need to you don't need to worry about Barry. He's he's okay. waiting in the wings. He's oh, waiting. Which okay. was which was which really the reason he didn't um, uh, uh, ponder sure. into this. Really, um, but uh, yeah, yeah, he hasn't been forgotten. Awesome, Jim. You want to take this last one? Yeah, I mean, look. So one of the things when I saw that trailer, I mean, obviously the the thing that that I marked out the most for are the zombie dog, the liquor, obviously, right, and, and, and all that stuff. So, you know, how, given that these things have showed up in the games and the game, you know, and they're, you know, being rendered, you know, digitally and all that, like to to begin with, how much of well, I guess how important for you was it to, to for it to really kind of be a one to one kind of translation on the look there versus we were, you know, like in movies like this, there's usually the opportunity to either update the look or modify the look. But like these look legit. And so how can you talk? Can you walk us through that process on just like the look, even for like the, the CGI, you know, uh, creatures and, and the other nods there on, on what that process was? Yeah. To make sure you get right. It, it it was a weird thing. Is it definitely became more and more important as the movie went on. It was weird. We kind of got caught up in. I've never really worked on something that has been so fan, mm-hmm. you know, focused, important, and stuff. And it became as obvious while we were filming how how like important some of this stuff was and it was really exciting you know and so actually things became more and more important to get like to really lean into and get closer and closer to 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 what we felt was you know faithful to the games um but i i loved like like trying to recreate with everything, whether it be the the creatures or the the locations, we'd spend a lot of time trying to be really faithful to it. Just purely, I'm always nervous about this kind of, you know, for the fans stuff because you never know what right. people what what they don't like. So I was just doing it for me. I was like, I'm, I I want to walk on the set of the mansion. I want to see a liquor. I want to, you know. I, so I was yeah. I was just like being a nerd. Um, so we we. Yeah, a lot of it. We really went to town to to try and be like as faithful as we could, but whilst giving its own vibe. I mean, my favorite sure. by far of the the movie is the Lisa Trevor stuff. It's great where you yes. we really that hadn't been done before. We and it wasn't just a case of just you know CG or or, or put someone in a suit. We, you know, we got like Marina is is crazy bonkers performance artists like the shit she can do is, is, is amazing and she really invested in the character and she then actually interestingly is the liquor as you know she she was oh, then very cool uh artist for the liquor and so because i tried to keep everything as like obviously we you know you have to these days use a lot of cg and and, and stuff like that but there's a lot of lot of practical stuff going on in there, and there's always stuff. Even with the dog, you know, there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of practical elements there. Always, you know, even if it's like summer, I wish you could see the stuff without the dog in there. You know, I grew up on movies like Cujo and stuff, so I I, I sort of really mm-hmm. wanted to, to to lean into that. You know, the stuff that 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 really gelled with me there. 
Um, so we we did, yes. Uh, we I mean, the interesting thing is if we didn't go straight there, right. like you could look at like our liquor designs, you have on one side, like, you know, the ones with the trunks and the unicorns and the wings, <laughs> right down to, you know, so we would try everything. We would throw everything out. We'd move it all around and then, you know, come to to where we felt was the right place. And and sometimes it is what we try to do is really go exactly what the game is. And then and there's some cool shit at the end, which I don't want to spoil, but where it yeah. goes to with some of the monster stuff is it's taking from the games, but then, you know, doing our own thing. Right. And, uh, I mean, probably my, the, the, the excitement when Capcom saw the game uh, saw mm. the and their excitement of the, the horror that we had, the sort of balance between the horror and action sort of gore and stuff like that, that, that balance that they always have been trying to, you know, uh, straddle and their excitement on that was probably the 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 best uh, sort of kick I got for the, for the whole process. So, That's so um, great. yeah, so it's it's like a it's a it's a mixture. Uh, you know, we we tried to keep it uh, close close to the games, but but yeah, it, the, the movie is its own world as well. So it, so it does oh its own. Okay, not gonna lie, uh, I kind of do at some point after the movie comes out want to see the uh, test of the unicorn. Yeah. And, and the wings, hoping that makes its way online at some point. Just throwing that out there. Um, th- thank you so much for for spending all this time with us. I I am very excited for this movie. I cannot wait. And uh, yes, definitely want to. Would love to talk spoilers with you. Uh, some point after the movie comes out, it hits theaters on November twenty fourth. I cannot tell you. Thank you so much. Tell for the name. Us. Most importantly, the uh, name of the movie again. Always. Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. Hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Welcome yeah. to Evil Raccoons. <laughs> Welcome to Raccoon City. Thank you very much for joining us on Comic Book Nation today. Everybody, go check this out. It is the scary season. It is time to get back into horror. Resident Evil is the flagship of horror. Like, why not do it? All right. Thank, Thank you. Guys. Do it. I really appreciate Thank it. you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, let's have a good day. Bye. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. Strap yourselves in because when we get back, it is time for our 100% spoiler-free debate about Eternals. Three out of the four of us have seen Marvel's Eternals, and we're just here to answer one basic question. Is Marvel's Eternals a good movie? Stick around because when we get back, we're, it's going down, I promise you. So stick around, Comic Book Nation. We'll be back in one second. We are back. This is Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com, and we just finished our interview with the director of Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. So if you missed that part, be sure to go check it out. We are going to move on now and talk about what we advertised in the headline of this episode, which is Marvel's Eternals. So Marvel's Eternals still has yet to hit theaters. We got about a week to go. So we are not going to spoil a single thing about countdown this countdown is on for you. Yeah, we it's the final countdown. We're just in rock ballads today. A lot, uh, a lot of singing today. Yeah, yeah. Except from Janelle, oddly enough. But uh, <laughs> you know, it's kind of Friday. We're on. 
Um, we still have time too. So, okay. Myself, Janelle Wheeler, and Jim Viscardi have all seen Marvel's Eternals. Matt is still in the dark, although I don't know if he cares about that or not. I'm, I've never been quite clear. <laughs> he doesn't. So there you go. All right. Um, and we're going to talk about is Marvel's Eternals a good movie? And you're going to hear some things if you've been perusing the internet and avoiding spoilers. You've probably heard some. Uh, there is some consensus out here. This is very much unlike a lot of the MCU movies we've ever seen before. It's a very different kind of feel, a very different kind of format. Um, you know, you've heard probably it's going to divide a lot of people uh, for different reasons. And you may have heard that, you know, people had issues with some of the plot or the overabundance of exposition and and such like that. So... I'm going to say that I believe that the spectrum of opinion on this, and I'm not trying to speak for the other people here, but I believe it is. I think I'm the most negative. Janelle's probably the most positive, And Jim is somewhere in the middle. If We're I the have three that bears. Part. Yeah, there we go. That's fair. Yeah, and that's a good spread. That's a good spread to have. And so it's a good range of opinion to present you guys with about Eternal. So I know a lot of people have been kind of tweeting or just sending me messages kind of waiting on eggshells about why I'm going to quote unquote bash Eternals, but I'm not here to bash anything. Um, I've been doing this long enough to know that there will be, there's, there's something that everybody can enjoy, right? So, like, even if I don't like something, some of y'all might do it. And just going to take back to this old theory of criticism, which is I'm just telling you what I've observed as a person who watches and, and interprets movies and, you know, and you guys can take it for whatever it's worth. I believe that Eternals is a miss for Marvel. Um, I think I tweeted out something along the lines of like, move over Thor, the dark world and Iron Man Two. like Eternals has entered the chat, something snarky like that. <laughs> but I'm not saying is that I think it's a bad movie because I, I think we've all had this debate. I think we did it last show about, you know, how the dark, or I think, uh, no, it was on phase zero, which I listen in on, like I'm part of it and yell at Brandon and them all the time, but, um, fanboy. Yeah, that. exactly. So, um, more like a troll, I guess they would categorize <laughs> me probably as, but, uh, you know, like we, they were talking about how films like the dark world or Iron Man two have come around and people now love it. It's the same thing. Star Wars prequels, everything that people didn't like maybe at the time, you know, might find its audience later. So I meant that in the sense that I believe that even though people have come around, when people make those MCU lists and rank MCU movies, you're still going to find Thor, The Dark World, and Iron Man 2 towards the bottom of pretty much any consensus of rankings between people who watch Marvel movies. And I think Eternals is going to end up in that bottom five as well. I don't, I don't, I say that with confidence that I think it will, just because I don't think it's going to connect with enough people on enough levels to, to make it one. The interesting question I've asked a lot of people who are praising this is like, how many times will you sit down and watch it? Which Chris Killian Owen tried to answer and say, and I think he thought he was making a good point by saying, comparing it to like watching a film like Schindler's List, which is dicey to begin with. But Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's yeah, Chris Killian's direct quote. That's you talk to Chris Killian. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's move on. But like this, the thing is that saying that it's a, fi a film, he was making the point, let's just be clear, that a film can be troubling and hard to watch and, and deeply, but deeply connect with you and still be considered a good film, was his point. Right. That not, that not rewatchability does not designate automatically what a good film is or is not. And I agree with what he said there. Absolutely. That's but true. That's true. 
at the same time, I think people are not going to watch Eternals again because it's not that great of a film, and they're not going to. Well, watch. okay. So let me let me ask you this though, then, Kofi. Like, so uh, your Here hesitations or your reservations on the movie aside, no. let's say you let's say you didn't see let's say you didn't see the movie. Yeah, you saw the you saw the discourse online. Would you still go see it? Me, absolutely. Um, I always take uh, criticism with a grain of salt, and as just a guide, it's just a guard. It's a it's a guiding rail. It's not, it doesn't tell me. There's no. not one. Per- Peter Travers does not tell me whether I go see a movie or not. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I, I listen to what Peter Travers says, and I know what kind of opinion he's going to have, and that gives me a frame of reference to right. let me know how I will or will not. So no, I, I mean I'm still going to go see it, and I don't expect anybody. I have not said to anybody, you've never noticed, I've not said the words, do not go see this. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm just getting people to temper their expectations for that's, what they and that's get. And that's what I want to, and that's, that's what I want to make, make perfectly, or no, no, I, I, I kind of want to emphasize, right? Where like, that's how you should consume criticism in a way, right? Like don't let it be your one all be all, right? Like these are all film experiences. Um, but you know, you use them as, as, as references to, you know, when, when going in, because I see a lot of people being like, oh, well, there's bad reviews now. I'm not going to go see it. And I think, I think while, you know, again, and kind of jumping into kind of my, some of my thoughts on, on the film, there's a lot of movie here and there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of movie here in the same way that there's a lot of comics in the comics and there's a lot of big grand ideas that even at its runtime is not necessarily enough to truly unpack. And, and that's one of my biggest kind of criticisms where we're like, yes, I feel like the movie drones on a little bit too long for certain as in certain aspects of the film. But I don't think, but I think if, even if you replace that time spent with, uh, you know, more stuff to help, unpack what this movie is i still think you need more time and like i don't know if you like i don't think the answer is making this movie a a two-part movie because that's certainly not the key um and i don't even necessarily know if this is a movie where uh you it is better served off as a limited uh, you know tv series because i don't think i i think it would have been and this is where i want to jump in i think i think my problem with eternals is that eternals feels like a movie that needed to be more, I think people are giving it this pass as like, it's this more serious and deep MCU movie. And I totally disagree with that assessment. I feel like this is a movie that could have been really deep and could have been really serious, but it's still made by Disney. And therefore I don't think it ever goes far enough in any one of the directions that it, and there are a lot of directions that this introduces that it ever, commits to any of them that you get this kind of Iron Man 2 muddling of, you know, individual story and deep character story and MCU world building and all this kind of fantastical crazy stuff. And it doesn't work. And this one is the one where it doesn't work the most. And for the reasons I thought of just from the moment I saw this, like, I think this movie never, it can, it's a movie that there's part of this story that is like, the past, I mean, it's, it's not spoiler state part of this is about the Eternals and how they've been in, embedded in humanity across generations and what the effect of that has been on each of them as individuals. And it never goes too far into any of that for any characters or these contemplative philosophical things about the nature of humanity 
and are we a species that has you know grand potential and we're saving you know you know usual sci-fi stuff none of this is new but it never commits and so you get these kind of muted attempts at these stories none of which feel fulfilling enough at all and it's just kind of like you're eating a buffet of hors d'oeuvres without a main course ever I, I, I tweeted this i tweeted this earlier and i think it's it's, a, it's an incredibly apt description i think one of the biggest thing uh, one of the biggest issues that i think a lot of people who have seen the movie are having a hard time dealing with is like you, you hear a lot it's like it doesn't feel like a marvel movie and honestly it feels more like a dc movie than anything else or and not and not like and I don't, I don't say don't that. Don't bring this mess to DC. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Not a good analogy. Don't I bring don't, this mess to DC. I don't Lord. say, I don't mean that in a derogatory sense. I just mean DC heroes have are always portrayed as god, you know, as gods, and and how they interact with the world. And this is the first Marvel movie where we have had characters like that having that kind of view <laughs> on what we know as the That's MCU. It. Very and so and so it's a very different kind of movie these are very different kinds of characters okay. because they're not they're not like the characters that we're used to seeing in the MCU I have two questions sure. one because I because I want to hear what Janelle thinks on this <laughs> yep. yeah uh but did you haven't I don't feel like you've said anywhere Jim do you did you like the movie or no ah there I, you go did there, you actually? I, I, I've heard you produce around all that. around. It, you have no, not look, said. I have. I have issue. I have. I have issues with the movie. If I were to rate it, I probably rate it a seven. Um, and a lot of that is like there are things throughout the movie, and we'll, we'll get into it when we talk spoilers later on. That that really annoyed me uh, uh, about like the film itself. Okay. The concepts okay. that the film introduces, the things that that Chloe Zhao does to help make the Eternals fit into the MCU better in a way than the comics have them, the Eternals fit into the, the regular Marvel universe are make total and perfect sense. I went into this movie expecting to like certain characters and I came out of the movie liking completely different characters. It's not that I didn't like the characters. Yeah. It's not that I didn't like the characters that I thought I was going to like. I was never I was never a Phobos fan, a Fastos fan. I was never a Fastos fan. And this movie, ha- like he is probably now my number one yeah, favorite. Be, I just said it in social media. Let me be clear here too. The cast of Eternals is great. The yeah. director of Eternals Mostly. is really talented. Like Chloe Zhao is really talented. And there are some, the, the, I mean, the naturalistic just, like I, I made a joke about Terrence Malick, but like she can give Terrence Malick a run for that naturalistic and light money. Like, there are so many money shots in this movie that are really beautiful. And the cast is all really great. Like e- the Eternals cast are each like stars in my opinion. There's not one of them that I was like, oh, that's a weak link in the acting cast ensemble cast. Like they're each good. So I don't think a problem is with any of that. I think, and I have said this before, I think sometimes Marvel writes itself into a corner. Uh, we debate, we, we, I was a big stumper for Captain Marvel committing the sin of writing that character and that introduction to that character into a very tight corner that was very hard to manage based on how you were depicting the character. And I think Eternals hits the same kind of problem in how, and I'm not going to spoil anything about who these characters are 
and you know what their story is all about in this quote unquote origin or how they're kind of becoming new heroes in this story leaves us in a place where I still think this franchise has potential, even if this first film is a misstep. I think there's more fun to be had after we've gotten over all this and, and gotten the Eternals through the door of the MCU. Mm-hmm. There's so much more fun to be had with these characters than there is in this particular film. Okay, enough from us. Janelle, you, you really liked it. You, <laughs> yeah, let's, I did. Let's hear from you. <laughs> well, now that you guys got me reading comics, uh, I can't say I'm the person that goes in like, oh, I'm the fresh perspective. Did I like it or not? Not reading the comics. So now I have to bring those people with me. And um, I actually brought someone with me that knew nothing about the film and the characters. Big superhero fan, but like TV movie content. And she was really happy with it. So I would say that like, if you are someone who is afraid, uh, you know, I know nothing about Eternals, like you can still go to this, you can experience it and enjoy it. Um, I personally really, I was emotional several times Mm -hmm. watching this film. Like I was, um, I don't obviously, this sucks not being able to spoil things or talk about like specific moments that like really spoke to me. But it's your job, you got it. I know, (laughs) but there were, there were moments of just like, I just felt aligned with certain characters and I felt really, uh, I just felt this like human connection. I, I almost felt like I was like in the movie. Like I was like, Oh, I could see this like actually happening. And I'm like a human watching all of this. And I, I, th- you know, certain people are doing certain things to help me as a human. And like, and I, I, again, just like Jim said, I did not expect like certain characters. And then I like did some flip flippy floppies and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I actually really like this one character that I didn't think I would. And I don't like this actor, but I, I liked how they depicted the character, like things like that. Um, I wrote in my tweet, I was like, I'm just, I am personally wanting to see where it goes from here. Um, I feel kind of connected to several of, of these characters that, that we're, uh, we're hanging out with. And here's another thing. Oh. I was not spoiled on the end credit scene. I literally had no idea what was going to happen. I know there's a huge leak and everybody knew. So I think I was most disappointed by the end credit scene because I was just kind of like, wait, that's it. Like, I totally thought it was going to be someone else that appeared. And I was just yeah, kind of yeah. like, oh. no, 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 no. you're going too far, kid. You, you're <laughs> going to Charlie. You're going full Charlie on. I just, I, I don't <laughs> really not impressed with the end credit scene. Is it's there the even one? We don't know. That, we don't even know. You're going to have to stick around. We don't even, <laughs> don't even know if there was one. Well, but, that, uh, but that's it. But like, but I will say this, right? Like, they, they're like, this is not spoiling anything. The post credit scenes are legit great post credit scenes. No, they're not. They, what are you? Are, what? No, they're Kofi. No, they're no. not. I'm sorry, no, but no, they're you not. Are, no, you they're are not. crazy pants. I'm going to tell them. Okay. I'm just going to put it out there to the world. No, they are not. Uh, I agree. With come Kofi back when that. the movie comes out. And, and I want to see what the audience thinks because I will be right. And Kofi will be wrong. Okay. I'm going to be watching this again though, in the theater. Like I will. Uh, and especially the last one. Like, no, Jim, no, it's what? Not. <laughs> it's not. Okay, I mean, all right. So we're going to talk eternal spoilers. Um, phase Zero will have, I'm sure, something on this coming Wednesday, and we will be back next Friday when Eternals is in theaters to talk full spoilers. And, like, yeah, there's more serious spoilers. things I want to talk about, too, because I do want to talk about some of the social stuff. I want to talk about the kind of inclusion and, you know, all of that and some problems I have with that 
But uh, we're going to get into that next week when we go full eternal spoilers. So please come back because by then I'm sure we'll all be chomping at the bit to go at it again and really get into this and dig into each other's souls about our humanity and such. So <laughs> come back and check that out next week when we talk Eternals and be sure to check out Phase Zero on our Marvel podcast on Wednesday. Uh, what else is going on before we get, we got reviews coming up and uh, just on our what to watch this week, something I'm spontaneously kind of rebranding for the show. It's called what to watch. And I'm calling it that because we're just going to give you guys a quick rundown on things that are coming out, movies, TV shows, games, etc you know, that we've had a chance to experience, want to put on your radar, but it's also fun and interactive, I figured out, because you guys can go to the at Comic Book Nation Twitter and send us things, recommendations of what you should think we should talk about or watch, and yeah, you can uh, get in on that. Let's make it interactive, you know? So, for our first kind of what to watch, we're going to throw to Matt because it's a good segue. We're going from Marvel over to Marvel because Matt and Janelle have, and maybe even Jim, have had a chance to dig into the new Guardians of the yes. Galaxy video game. So Matt, uh, give us a, not what to watch, but what to play on that. Yes, uh, so it is out now. Uh, and uh, this is another one from Square Enix. So this one is from Eidos Montreal, I believe. Um, and uh, it is, I, look, we talked about this like way back when they released the first trailer. And I was not as hyped about this. I was like, do I need another? Got Guardians game, like mm-hmm. well, it's only Star Lord. You so I was a little, I was a little negative on it. I, I admit. So when I went into this, I did not expect to be absolutely floored <laughs> and be like, "Oh my God, this is just so like the yes, you control only Star Lord, but they do such a good job of mixing in the other guard. Like when you're in battle, you're as like if you just go in and tanking as Star Lord and try and kill everybody by yourself, you will die. Mm-hmm. You will, <laughs> you will die. You I have did that. To, <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, I did too. Like I initially, uh, <laughs> like, you will oh, have yeah. to involve everybody, and the options that you unlock for them because each guardian has their own set of abilities that you unlock as the game goes on, and you can really kind of find a, a teamwork dynamic that fits your playstyle, and it's so satisfying, it's so fun. Um, at least for me, I don't. What did you think of the battle system, Janelle? Oh gosh, I mean. Uh, <sighs> I'm new. Okay. So like, this is not my style of game. I'm like a Mario girl. I'm a retro girl. Like (laughs) I race like stuff like that. And I was so nervous getting into this. I was so afraid. I am not a first person shooter. I don't do any fighting. I'm good at the melee attack. Like that's it. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, uh, except I've seen Janelle Wheeler in an arcade with a margarita in her hand in front of Area, <laughs> of Area 51, and it becomes a but very different I'm story. I'm holding the gun in my hand. I'm good at that. Yeah, I you sh- are unabashedly good at that. <laughs> you will tell everybody in the room, like, yes, I will I'm, you down Okay, fine. I'm very 51. good at Area 51. I'll okay, that. there we go. But so shooters. With, yes, with, when I can actually physically aim, I'm good, but... And anyways, this was really, it was easy. Like I got it. I picked it up. I'm remembering how, you know, which, which buttons to push. And I, the only thing I forgot was to trigger my team, but we got that. And it's, it's really pretty. It's so pretty. I love it. It's just really exciting. And yeah, I'm just, it's, it's a very good game and I'm playing it today because I'm loving it. (laughs) It's super super fun. And also they do a really good job of like the guardians, feel like they could be in the MCU, but they also feel like the comic their own characters thing. too. Yeah. It's, it, they're their own thing. Star-Lord especially. And I really like this Star-Lord. You, you really get, honestly, this might be one, this might be my favorite version of Gamora. I love their oh, take. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and then also Star-Lord, like I think they did a 
better job. They actually dive into his origin story and like how he got to this point and stuff in a way that I don't really feel like the movies and sometimes even the comics, certain comics have, but like not all the time have dived into that like that. And it was really good. Like there's an emotional story here. The dialogue never stops. Like these dudes talk and it's all new stuff all the time. Like if you go off and search (laughs) for a hidden item, Rocket will comment and go, why are you leaving the party? Like, why are you, (laughs) what are you doing? Stop searching for stuff. It makes it very hard to stream because you're like trying to talk over them. I mean, they literally don't stop talking. Yeah, it's really, so if you were on the fence, I really suggest at least giving it a shot because it is, it was way better than I ever thought it would be. And I want a secret. Here's the hard question as the one person who's kept Marvel's Avengers alive for the last year. Right. How does this game? Right, how does this game compare to that game? <laughs> Infinitely better, uh, Kofi. Uh, okay, no, 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 no. Jim doesn't no, get this. Is for, no, this is for Matt. This is, yeah. this is yeah, just for Matt. This you're is one just of those that played Marvel's Avengers for like four hours and then left. And so oh, I sorry, the, the game, game couldn't keep point. my attention because it was a snooze right, no, fest. No, 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 we no, no bandwagoners. All right, so what here's ba- the thing. What wow. I, yeah, I finished every if expansion. Game I finished every keep expansion of Marvel's Avengers. For four hours and of gameplay, it is finished. not all right. All right, you're getting comments about how no. we're yelling at each other too much. Everybody, Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> okay. Matt, Matt, take your answer. The Galaxy. I love it. Thing. Here, Ironically, let Matt Jim is, I hear Matt's answer. Ironically, Jim is overdoing. Like it is. It's a better game. Like at Guardians is a better game than Marvel's Avengers. I was going to agree with him, but my opinion is informed. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the difference. <laughs> I played right. every single expansion. Black Panther expansion was excellent, by the way. But again, if we're just talking like the experience and what you're, I think Guardians grabs you uh, quicker. And I and I just love the gameplay. I mean, it, it's really fun. So I mean, yes, I think it's a better game. Um, right. And it made me want the studio to tackle someone else. I don't know who I, that would be. I have to dip, but the gameplay, the the dialogue, the designs. All of it, even the the reward system, the way you get skins, the way the the way the skins that they chose. Look, you're not getting hockey player Captain America, hockey goalie Captain America in this game. <laughs> yeah, you're but that, that hasn't been the case looking, for so long, Jim. But that, that hasn't been the case of Marvel's Avengers. Don't let him derail you. He's on his way out. Don't apples let him derail you. When, when the game, no, when both no, games no, look, no. You judge you know them. You judge them now. That you is that judge you judge them, them now. You judge them now. You were saying that a game that has four expansions or the story. And by the way, each one of those have been great. The story in Marvel's Avengers Only was never once. the problem. It was all the she, other stuff. Mm. All right, Jim, you gotta, get, we to gotta move on. I love you all. Thank all right, you, Jim Biscardi, producer awesome, Jim Biscardi, thank you. you for showing up. <laughs> all right, so, whew, all right, that's uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy game. If you missed that heated little peppery debate, I thought it was gonna How be How did that turn into an argument? I don't know. I thought it was going to be eternal. Complimentary. I set this whole episode up for an Eternals debate. Now we got a Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. (laughs) Typical comic book nation. So uh, the next thing on our docket is Paranormal Activity Next of Kin. The Paranormal or Paranormal Activity 7, the uh, franchise. It's Halloween time. If you're looking for something in the horror genre new this weekend, the next chapter of Paranormal Activity, which is kind of this uh, soft reboot thing that they were doing that's very popular in horror and you know paranormal activities going the route no pun intended that the kind of the wrong turn franchise has gotten i don't know if you saw the wrong turn reboot that came out in the last year but uh instead of taking it out of the woods they're doing these they're horrors having this kind of love affair again with like you know off the grid societies satanic societies you know and cults and stuff like that you know obviously from 
our society, our social anxieties these days, you know, the obsessions about cult-like mentality and crazy stuff is is in vogue. So paranormal activity is getting in on that act by taking the mythos, which basically, you know, is about demonic possession centered around young girls and, and family lines and things like that, and and applying it to this kind of cult, you know, off-the-grid cult structure, right? So it's about a young girl who figures out who's, uh, you know, was orphaned and tracks her origins back to this place and goes to do a documentary about her, her life and, you know, her search for her mother and stuff like that, which gets wrapped up in a whole paranormal activity type deal. So this is out on Paramount Plus right now. It came out today just in time for Halloween weekend. And uh, I had a chance to sit down and watch it in the middle of the night. Did you guys get a chance to watch this, Matt, Janelle? I did not. I, ha I you guys, I'm terrible with horror. <laughs> okay, that's okay. <laughs> I'm so I freaked out. I watched. I watched the first hour. Okay. I, I did not make it through the whole thing, but I watched the first hour mostly because these movies really creep me the hell out. <laughs> <laughs> and this one is good. I was one of the first people to see the first Paranormal Activity and do a review on it when it premiered in New York, uh, like way back when, when nobody knew what it was. And I was just like, and I saw the concept of it on like one of these random like screener invites from like a low, like, uh, you know, just an indie theater. And I was like, okay, I'll go check this out. This sounds cool. And I did not sleep that night because... <laughs> <laughs> Not because the movie itself is so scary, but it did what good horror does, which is turn your everyday surroundings into mm -hmm. something scary. Ugh. Yeah. And so all of a sudden at, the stairs yeah. are creepy. The yeah. whole and just going oh, to sleep God. in your bedroom at night, yeah. Yeah. paranormal activity oh, made that scary. Uh, and your spell, and, and, and you know, I've been with my wife for so many years. She was with me when that came out. And just going to sleep next to her and being like waking up <laughs> the night and being like, Are you standing over me? You staring, you going full Katie on me? Like, am I about to get like murdered here? <laughs> Like it, it did a good job of doing that. And I became one of those people who tracked the paranormal activity mythos. I have a bunch of articles out there like explaining each chapter and how it links. I was obsessed with this for a while, but it got really silly towards when you started doing like the marked ones and the ghost dimension and all this other stuff, you lost me. So this one is a kind of refreshing return to just the simple formula. Girl goes to farm and you know discovers that you know her reasons for being there are, are not as innocent and safe as she might think and this does not force you to watch all those other paranormal activities to in the larger mythos all you got to understand is there are people who are trying to keep these demons like possessing these young girls and this one makes a bigger rumination on on that about it at the gender part of it in a kind of interesting way, but it's just a nice return to form. And it works better when it's not just one apartment and like surveillance camera viewing, but found footage in the way of making like a, you know, the faux documentary style so they can move around and have reasons for holding the cameras in different places. And that holds together pretty well. There's <laughs> the climax gets a little like all found footage climaxes. There's a break with the format where you're like, okay, well, nobody would really be shooting this or it would just be like a bunch of <laughs> things, but uh, it's still good. So that's true. Still that, didn't keep me from, that didn't keep me from not like loving Cloverfield. Like I've no. always loved Cloverfield, but at some point you drop the camera, you run away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't, yeah, um, so the, you always got to suspend that disbelief, but the climax of this one is, I mean, freaky. Like if you were scared, you should have bailed out Matt because this is the best finale of any paranormal activity movie because they it's not in somebody's home and watching ghosts in a home because you're in this open 
community that's in the woods and on this farmlands, you can create a big third act set piece finale where things really hit the fan. And it's like a, you know, a bigger survival. I think that's why it worked for me is because, because the hour I watched, I actually really enjoyed. I just, it, at some point, like I get very, those movies, the original paranormal activity did a number on me, like for a minute, as did, by the way, the original Blair Witch. Yeah, no, me too. The footage, the footage thing, like, okay, the people kneeling still freaks me out to this day. Okay. Like that, that whole thing. So like, because this one was like outdoors and kind of had that more woodsy setting, I kept getting Blair Witch vibes. Oh, it's and very that, Blair Witchy. Yeah, and, and that was yeah. like, oh, that freaks me out. I, and I when you like get, whew, and if you get to the third act, if you are like claustrophobic or anything like that, like, oh, man. Oh, God. Yeah, they do a good job. This one does a good job in really making the scares like really. I'm not going to lie. I kind of want to finish it now. No, you got to finish it. I want to watch it again, which is my oh, biggest selling point is. Yeah. This is a good restart and the finale is really, really good. And the way it sets up the franchise is very different and for a much more exciting paranormal activity to come. So I, I highly recommend checking out paranormal activity next to kin. It's still found footage. If you hated that trend in horror, this doesn't reinvent the wheels, yeah. the same thing, but um, this is a very good start for the franchise again. And uh, I'm kind of excited of seeing this again and where it could go from here. So check out paranormal activity next to kin now streaming on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus is great because, you know, Paramount is putting up these originals. They have whole slews of originals and they got great stuff coming out now. We got this for for Halloween. We got a South Park movie coming in yeah. for Thanksgiving. Mm. So, Season two like, of iCarly. I, oh my God. Yes. Oh, <laughs> my show Evil with uh, my boy Mike Coulter from Luke Cage is also great. So I'm an evilite. So check that out too. Um, Army of Thieves is now on Netflix, the prequel to Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. Uh, I'm still got about an hour to go because I couldn't finish this this morning. I was too busy. And plus, I already got up in the middle of the night to see Paranormal. Uh, but uh, oh God, that's so that's far, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I had to make a judgment call and I, and I did it. <laughs> so basically, um, Army of the Dead is cool in the sense that you got, you know, Matthias, whatever his name's uh, character, Ludwig from, from Army of the Dead, who was a breakout character. But this is really, it's only Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead universe in the most tangential sense. It's very much just a kind of knockoff Guy Ritchie crime heist movie with a love story thrown in the middle. And it's just a by-the-numbers heist movie. Um, It's fun. Yeah, but it's fun. But I'm just saying, like... It's if you, I'm just telling the people, like, if you were expecting <laughs> oh, if you're more expecting Army zombies, of the Dead, yeah, don't. this is not. This is a universe-expanding tie-in prequel in, in just, like I said, the most tangential sense. You like Ocean's Eleven, but yeah, not... exactly. Yeah, it's it's fun, though. I really am enjoying this. I have, like, 30 minutes left, but I'm like... I'm, Darn it, I have to pause it to do the podcast. I'm like really excited about it. I like it a lot. From what I have seen so far, I agree with Janelle because I, I haven't finished either. But from what I have seen so far, I it's fun. I no, it's fun. It's, it's very it's really fun, fun. But it's it's still there's still the larger question of what this army of the dead universe is and like yeah. what, what what are we doing here? Um, yeah, like it's, it's totally different yeah. genre. Like exactly. it's just it's like it's a completely different it's a thing. heist movie. Yeah. yeah, but it's, it has fun characters. It's good to see yeah. Natalie Emmanuel getting to like you know stand out and she's great. do more than being like the backup 
<laughs> yeah. Game of Thrones or Fast and Furious and getting a starring role and she does good. And the crew is funny of characters that they put together for this heist. But it just made me think of that Rick and Morty heist episode where they talk about like every heist movie is the same and they basically <laughs> break that down. So, but it's out there on Netflix. And again, great. If you're looking for something to watch this weekend and you don't want something on the scary side, uh, Army of Thieves is a good recommendation. Mm-hmm. Oh, Matt, you have a, we got to move fast at this yeah, last part. Matt, you got a, some game trailers you wanted to talk about and uh, some in Witcher season two trailer. Witcher! Only because you teased it. Uh, so you teased it on social. So I'll just hit that real quick. Uh, Halo Infinite dropped a trailer. And uh, I remember being very down. I think honestly, Jim was here too during that time. Uh, I was very down on that initial trailer. And oh, yeah, honestly, yeah. everybody was. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Yep. Uh, this, yep. holy cow. I was like, this is what they should have shown then. That trailer and the gameplay overview, if you haven't watched that, which shows a lot of up-close stuff, like the new grappling hook and stuff. Oh, my God. Like, this was the first time since the new console generation took over that I wanted an Xbox. I was like, that that game looks fun as hell. I want to start spamming grenades. Like, I want to do that stuff. I want to jump in there. So that looked good. So props to Halo uh infinite for looking for looking awesome uh and then also yes they dropped a brand new trailer season two trailer for the witcher and uh it looks so dope it's majestic it looks, it looks so good there's so much like Incredible. there's like Geralt chopping people and like like Magic. the sword play oh, Root my God. is in there also our first look <laughs> at the leshy uh and the bruxa uh both monsters like you see the bruxa in bat form and then the leshen you see like towards the end and like, oh my God, there's also a scene in uh, Care More that shows like the witchers and maybe there, there, was some, there was some leaks earlier and some things that are like, hmm, I wonder if those those things are connected. Uh, a lot of really cool stuff here. Triss, uh, we, so much stuff. So definitely check that out. We'll have more on it on comicbook.com. So, so that's my spiel. All right, Witcher, Halo, all you gamers are getting <laughs> good time to be you gamers. Uh, let's... Finish out with Matt breaking down these comics of this week. We got some good Halloween-themed comics. Although Matt kept me from reading one. I think he just wanted to bogart it for you and Janelle. So <laughs> Wait, which one? Long Halloween, fool. You never gave me my code. You never yes, got I to did. read it. I sent it to you. No, I didn't get it. I check your Slack. Anyway, <laughs> let's start with uh, the other comics that I did get to read, Matt. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah. So, let's start off with uh, DC versus Vampires. Uh, which, by the way, uh, not any planning on our part, but it just worked out that like all of the books this week were very, were very spooky Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, James uh, Tynan, and um, this was a like just really, I didn't know what to expect from this book. Yeah. Um, you know, and going in, there was a lot of talk about it, but it's like you didn't really know what to expect. And what we end up getting is kind of this really interesting mystery you know, like you don't know how far the invasion uh, has, the invasion of the vampires has taken. And then you're slowly kind of, it peels it back, it peels it back. And you're like, oh my God, this has really gone deep. And I don't know, it was, it was way more interesting than I than I thought it was, or yeah. than I thought it would be. I, I think they nailed a perfect mix of kind of doing horror, but like a DC crossover event mystery, like you said. Uh, and there are some, and there's a big twist in like the third act of this book that infinite and makes it much more exciting. Cause like you say, you realize like, this is not like a slow buildup. You're in the middle of it already. And like, it is on. Um, yeah. And it was a very, there's a lot of similarities between this and like the star Wars books this week that we read, that came out 
uh, in the sense of like secret societies being there that you didn't realize had already infiltrated and done all this stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, that twist made it very exciting to see where this goes next. And I was surprised how much, how effective the mix of horror and DC kind of superhero comic-y lore worked in this and from a very unexpected point of view and central character in the book. So it was yeah, good. You know? I mean, you, you nailed it. You, that's exactly what it is. Obviously we don't, this is one that we don't want to spoil. So like, it's, it's just a really fun uh, twist. And then even the end is kind of like a cliffhanger, like, okay, what's going to happen now? Like yeah. with the information that we're getting. So yeah, it was exciting and perfect for the holidays. This so, felt when I, when I, after I read this, um, because by the way, this was James Tynan and Matthew Rosenberg. Uh, they they collabed on this, and then Otto Schmidt's art. Is, oh my god, it's gorgeous! Um, but uh, this was very much. This felt like a Tom Taylor, you know, like deceased or like he's got you know a, a bunch of different kinds. Dark Ages is another one. Like there's, they always kind of feel like there's these little mini events, and they launch into something that just kind of has its own feel. This very much felt like one of those. And I say that in a very complimentary way because I don't think Tom Taylor's wrote anything that I didn't at least like. <laughs> I pretty much like everything. Um, so, yeah, very surprised. Uh, next up, we're going to move into House of Slaughter, number one, uh, which is the spinoff series uh, for, again, James Tynan, very Tynan-centric uh, episode here, uh, for his uh, Something is Killing the Children series, which if you're not reading that, that is fantastic. You definitely. Should. Oh, is this a spinoff? Yeah, this is a spinoff. Okay. This features Aaron from that. So Aaron has been a, a, he is essentially Erica Slaughter's handler in that series. And this kind of focuses on him and his story, but like Erica's still involved and things like that. Uh, this also mm. has, uh, this is James Tynan and Tate Brumball. Uh, and Chris Sheehan and Miguel Murtaugh. So okay, uh, that very really, yeah, that yeah, changes but, my perception of of this a great deal. Well, so I was because I was interested because like I've been following something killing the children since the beginning. So launching into this, like I have all the background right, and I can't remember. I know you start. I know you read some of something killing the children. Comic. No, I didn't. I, I never didn't. did. So okay. I had no idea what was going on in this, and I was like, what kind of comic is launching like this? Like. <laughs> Okay. Why am I reading a comic called House of Slaughter and I, I come away not knowing anything about like what the House of Slaughter actually is and ah. what is going on here? Okay. Yeah, I had no idea. I was like, Danelle, had you read like, any of the Something is Killing the Children either? No, okay, but so. yeah, I did not know. Oh, yeah, go okay, ahead. Okay, so no, but that's perfect actually because like, so for me, this book really worked, but it worked for me because I had all that knowledge and i know exactly who he is and where we're launching i know what the order of saint george is the the little animal he's carrying the little plush animal there's a a children killing monster in that thing that is like so there's a lot of like lore stuff that is they don't really explain here so i was curious what you guys thought because you guys are coming in new yeah no i, I had no idea what's going on and i was like i don't like this book and i was amazed that tinian wrote two books of horror themed books one that i loved one that i didn't love and i was like okay i guess that's just the week I wasn't mad at it. Like I, I again was like a little confused and I'm like, but this is probably just me because I obviously don't have as much background on all of, you know, everything. <laughs> so I was like, well, maybe like they're really familiar with these characters. And, and by the end, I was very intrigued. I wanted to know what the heck was going to happen. And I was very interested in, in this entire world, like of this, these people training to be, I guess, like vampires with teeth and stuff. Like, I don't, it's, <laughs> I, I was, I was intrigued and like, it felt very like hunger games or something with them, like battling the two houses. And then like, it was like Harry Potter, but like really scary. 
Okay. Well, so here's the thing. I, that is what I was curious about. That at least it hooked you by the end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this was not new reader friendly as far as like never having introduced the series. Like, but it also be, wasn't like super wordy and like over the top. Exp- you know, explaining things. So I was just kind of like, okay, I'll roll with it. Okay, cool. Yeah, I was well, like, I was rolling with it. It was positive. Cool. Uh, last book of the week, we are moving to Batman, the long Halloween special number one, a uh, kind of side story pseudo sequel uh, to the original <laughs> Batman, the long Halloween. Yeah. Um, this is of course, Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale, uh, Brendan Wagner. And uh, I, I'm very curious because this is, I thought it was it was good. I don't know if I I didn't love it. I I think I came away kind of like I love Tim Sale art. So like anytime I can see the Batman, there's some Batman shots in here. They're just beautiful. Um, so like that I I really liked, and I love being in this universe. I love some of the Harvey Dent stuff that's in here. Um, yeah. The relationship between him and Bruce. There's a great scene. There's some great stuff between Commissioner Gordon and Bruce, like the, there's a Halloween scene that is wonderful. I, I got a kick out of that. So, so like some of those really trademark Jeff Lowe things uh, in his dialogue, but like overall, if I just look back at the whole story, like, I wouldn't say I was like, yeah, that was great. It was good. I enjoyed it. I don't know. What did you think, you know? I appreciate it for what it is. Uh, it was a long spooky book. It's perfect for this time of year. And you know, it, not like a must read, but obviously yeah. like something cool to get you, you know, vibing with this time of year. And I, I actually really liked it. Like, and the, Good. the Harvey Dent stuff was just awesome. Right. I feel like that was the star. Like yeah. that anytime Dent was in a scene with anybody, I thought, Oh yeah. Yeah. That's just the stuff. You get. And the ending kind of, Leaves just a little opening for more. Right. So I don't know. Maybe we'll see more from this. Um, I'm bummed that COVID didn't get to read it. I'm so sorry. I thought I, I swore I sent you the code. Uh, but, I, <laughs> but we will we will have Kofi read it by next time, and then we he will tell us what he thinks. But that's comics. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys. We want to thank you guys for tuning in to Comic Book Nation. This is the official podcast of comicbook.com where we talk all things geeky and you can find us every week Fridays at noon live on Twitch, YouTube and Facebook. You can also get audio of the podcast and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify or tell any smart home device to play Comic Book Nation podcast. If you like the show, follow us at Comic Book Nation. If you want to just chat with us individually on social media, you can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. And you can find me at Janelle Wheeler. Thank you guys. As always, if you like the show, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That always helps. Or be back next week here, same time, same Twitch channel, where we will be talking Marvel's Eternals and full spoilers, plus all the great geeky stuff that happened during the week. This is Comic Book Nation. We hope to see you guys again. Peace. Bye, guys. <laughs>